Hey, happy Monday to you all. It's uh, it's time for the Big Nasty Show here on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450thesportsbuzz.com. Uh, hopefully you're all getting off to a good start to your week. It's beautiful weather out there again. Looks like we're going to have another good week of weather here in Kentuckiana. Um, I've had a crazy, crazy weekend. They're gearing up for the Derby. Uh, in these parts, we had, we had some explosions on Saturday night. DJ Yates in the booth with me today, as always, keeping it down, holding it down, if you would. Keeping it together. How are you doing today, my friend? Doing well. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, did you get a chance to go down and see Thunder this weekend? Ah, uh, no, I didn't mess with it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I've saw seen it before. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of my take on the whole Thunder equation. Uh, unless you have the hookup where you can get in and out quickly, sort of VIP style. It's uh, it's kind of a, a debacle for 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 what is it? A half an hour is the length of the, the actual fireworks. They're about yeah, roughly yeah. about a half an hour, something like that. So, but Thunder over Louisville kicks off the. The party that is Derby in in Louisville, this, it, this the whole city transforms into a a beautiful, beautiful place. I was out on the backside, got up early on Saturday, and went out to the backside to to gallivant and run around out there and talk to some people. We've got a whole bunch of things to talk about in the second hour. With that, uh, I've uh, got expecting Kenny McPeak to call in possibly uh, in the second hour. We'll talk to him a little bit about his two Derby charges we have. Um, here in the first hour, we're going to talk uh, the NBA NBA playoffs have started and 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 Major League Baseball is is. Uh, in getting into the thick of things here, the weather's starting to warm up. Uh, I've got my my buddy Nick Schwartz is going to call in from from Rant Sports up in New York, Philadelphia area. He's going to call in and give us his insights and two cents into uh, what's happening in, in college or uh, baseball, basketball, and you know whoever who knows what else we're going to get into. He's got some Pennsylvania roots too, so we'll probably talk a little bit about that as well. Um, we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to wrap up the Boston theatrics the whole the whole party they had up there with the the bombers and such we'll talk a little bit about that we've got some riding dirty we've got some celebrities riding dirty i'm telling you what nfl's got some news somebody is uh, uh revis island is no longer is no longer an island he's left the island <laughs> so we'll talk a little bit about that and whether we think that uh, he's worth that kind of coin that he got or not we've got uh there's also other people moving around in, in NFL. We had a little bit of talk about that. We'll, uh, we'll wait for that. Big golf tournament this weekend. Graham McDowell got back off the, off the schneid. We'll talk a little golf, PGA out. A little NASCAR action this weekend. Whole lot of horse racing. I was out, spent the weekend out at Keeneland, spent the weekend out at the backside of Churchill Downs. I've got an inside look uh, like no other here on 1450 and 1450, the sports buzz, into the derby preps and everything else that's going down right now with that. The first segment of the show is going to be brought to you by Saints and uh, St. Matthews. You can give them a call at 891-8883. Saints uh, has got a, a wonderful revised menu out there that they've got. A, they've got a banquet room upstairs if you need to book a private party. It's right in the heart of St. Matthews, so it's like 10, 15 minutes from anything in the city. It's a great place to catch a game. Great place to relax and, and enjoy the evening with something a, a bite to eat uh, right there at Saints and St. Matthews. So um, we're going to go... Uh, we got a few other things to talk about today, but uh, like I said, we got a lot of horse racing to talk about in the second hour. We got a, we got a few callers coming in to talk just that. Um, first of all, uh, I wanted to uh, I wanted to say uh, thanks to the Keeneland Associates out there uh, for taking really good care of me. I was able to run around Keeneland this this meet so far and uh, pretty much have an inside look and, and get the stories I needed through them. And uh, they, they they took real good care of me. And I wanted to thank every, all the connections out there at Keeneland. Uh, I won't be able to get out there again because we are moving everything to Churchill Downs, which we'll be doing a little live stuff from Churchill Downs this these Fridays, the, the spring and summer meets. So 
Um, but I wanted to I wanted to put a close to this Boston bombing, and I wanted to chat with you, uh, David. Did you did you stick stay glued to the TV to, for the follow up stories af- after we talked last? Because last we talked, he was missing in action. We had brought the people up, the listeners up to speed. There, um, we talked about the MIT shooting, the slaying, and everything that that they did that night. But at, we last talked, one was dead, and the other one was at large. Did you pick up the story from there and stick closely to that? I I watched n- news pretty much all day Friday. Yes, and find out what's. A- I actually was about to give up on it because when I left here on Friday, around six, a little after six, they announced that they were allowing people to you know, get back out and about in Boston, and it it seemed like things had kind of cooled off a little bit. Um, but I had. I pulled up the CNN app on my phone. Was this prior to the bullets being slung? Uh, the which, people being which, the people being allowed left out in the streets. Did they let him out because they still hadn't found him yet, or was this yes? After? Okay, yeah. that's yeah, what that I, was around, That was around a little after six p.m. on Friday. Because I was working that evening, so I didn't get to see a whole lot of what shook down. So yeah, so I yeah I, I saw that I was finishing up some things around here, and I had it on the TV behind me, um, trying to keep up with it, and they. They did a little press conference and said that, you know, they they didn't have him and uh, they they thought it was okay to let people get out and about again. And so I, I thought that it had sort of died down. Do you think that they thought that he had slipped, made to put the slip on everybody and got out of town? Do you think that's? What uh, no, they said they thought he was still in the Boston area. Um, so I, I it probably I mean I don't you know it probably would have been pretty hard for him to get out of Boston. <sighs> Especially after after the their little party they had the night before, I'm telling you. So then he so so then at some point after that they let people go back out in the streets. Uh, this dude at, walks out back to his boat and and he if I'm not mistaken, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. He goes out to his boat and he finds a little blood on the on the the, the cover of the boat. The well the, he he had the cover on. He had it you know all all wrapped up for winter. Yeah. And he said that throughout the course of the winter, I guess they'd had some heavy snow and all kinds of stuff, and they're now eating, the the cover on it had never moved at all. And now he happened to catch part of it kind of flapping in the wind. But uh, he, th- he thought something's up. Oh, so he I see. Out, he goes out and I guess pokes his head in the hole. And Zulkar Zemnyov. <laughs> I don't know if he saw the body or he saw the blood, uh, but... He at that point he he knew something's <laughs> something, definitely not right something something that the snow couldn't so he, do he notified the authorities ah that's and said okay so then he notifies the authorities uh, they come over and from from what I saw like I said I saw very little little of this because I was uh, obligated um, so the authorities get there and they pretty much just lace bullets at this at this boat uh, they yeah they did exchange gunfire my assumption is. And I don't know this because I haven't seen anybody say it. My assumption is that he probably ran out of ammunition, and that's what stopped the the back and forth. Yeah, because at that point they just sort of waited. I, I didn't see any. Of, I saw the like the infrared. They, they had an infrared the, shot. The, of, the thermal. Of, yeah, the camera, thermal yeah. of the bullets hitting the hitting the boat and stuff like that. And I thought to myself, you know, there's how are many cops were up there, and they're. They're lighting this boat up. How is it even feasible? How is it even possible that this kid didn't get killed? I, I, I don't – I just don't fathom this. I don't understand it. 
you know, and, and then in conjunction with this, and this probably won't go over very well, but um, after the fact, after they've got the kid in custody and he's, he's at the hospital and he's trying to recover, um, there's two parts of this that I think are somewhat humorous. Um, they, they were, the, the police officers were going up and down the streets and they were getting a high five from all these, all these people. Now, now granted, it's a, it's a good thing that, that's, that he's taken into custody, but, but I, it was hard for me to, to see that they were giving these accolades to these police officers because there was however many of them. And, and honestly, they, you know, obviously they weren't really that good, that bad of a shot that he couldn't get this guy is what I'm saying. I mean. I, I don't think they wanted to get him. I, I, I their, know they their didn't. Their ultimate goal was to bring him in alive. Right. And they almost didn't do that, which also begs the second part of the question. When they, they roll this guy in, okay, here's the, here's the, the, the remainder, remaining, remaining one of the two. Um, the, they roll him into the, into the ER room, and do you think the doctors in this situation, do you think the doctors were like, oh, he's, he's bleeding? Oh, well, maybe, oh, I don't know if we should – we should just take our good old time with this, but no, that's how I think. Though I mean, if you're a doctor, though, I mean, I don't know. It's got to be a tough. I mean, I would want to. I, I would want to do my best to save him because if it's me, I want answers. Yeah, exactly. I, I want to know why he did it, but who he worked with. Exactly, and, and we may not. We may find this out. We may not. You know, the kid. How much more trouble can the kid get in? You know, yeah. I mean, it's like how much more trouble can the kid get in? What are they going to say to him? Okay, we're going to take you from two life sentences down to one life sentence. So we may not get anything out of him to begin with, but you know, I, I just, I just, I hope they're not soft with this kid. Is all I hope they. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But yes, answers would definitely be nice. So, um, and uh, do you uh, um, do you see? Uh, so it was that, that's where we're at right now. He he apparently today. From what I what I read is he was awake and, and responding uh, sporadically. They were they were writing him questions. They're trying to interrogate him with writing questions. Uh, and and uh, it, he, he's, he's apparently they set the bombs off with their cell phones. Yeah, that's, that's it. Was it was a wired cell phone? They got that much out of the kid, and uh, they they said he got they got some interrogation out of him, and then he sort of got droggy and and. Because apparently he had quite a few wounds from the boat shooting, so um, he's he's, been tre- he's treated at the the Bez, Beth Israel Decanus Medical Center in Boston, uh, and he had serious he had steri- all serious injuries, but nothing was uh, he was in stable condition at that point. So um, he had all his wounds were in the neck and throat area. He apparently didn't have any lower body; it was all uh, uh, neck and throat area and sources. So. Um, so anyway, that's you know it's interesting to see. It's, it's interesting to see. So um, the question is, hopefully, hope this doesn't lead into somebody else that's sitting around saying, "Well, we can do better than this." You know, that's that's what we don't want to come from any of this. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully not. So uh, we have. Uh, so anyway, we have Boston. We're supposedly going to they're going to bounce back from this. They're going to do the marathon better, bigger, better than ever next year. So an interesting note with that is the the Red Sox. I don't know whether you saw this or not, but the Red Sox organization and Major League Baseball Players Association, they all got together and they 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 raised they raised a bunch of money, raised funds, they raised uh, over half a million dollars. They raised six hundred forty six six hundred forty six thousand five hundred dollars. It's a lot of money. Uh, they they did most of this through um, the contributions at the games. And then, did you see Big Poppy get a little? Get a little cussy. I did. Get a little cussy. Got a little, but you know, people respond to that. People respond to that level of motivation. You know, when you get out there and you cuss a little bit, you you swear it up a little. 
you know, they have no problem with that. So, but anyway, it's, it's hard not to be emotional and sort of let yourself go in a time like that. You know, I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's absolutely. I, I didn't realize that that the three, uh, the the one was the one adult and two kids that were killed. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, yeah. no, two two adults and one one kid. Oh, the two adults because of the MIT. Uh, you know, the MIT guy. Well, that he was the fourth. Right. There were three three people were killed in the bombing. in the bombing. Right. Yeah, and then, one, so two one, adults. And two one little boy and two two uh, adult, you know, twenties aged women. And then the MIT officer. Man, I'll tell you what. So, but uh, so in the donations they had, they had donations of um, $100,000 from the Red Sox organization themselves, $500,000 from from Major League Baseball, and then uh, $46,500 from the Major League Baseball Players Association. So uh, that's pretty good. I I was was impressive. It's nice to see them all rally around one another. I'll rally around one another here um, to, to, to help with, you know, it, it's things like this, like I had said before when we talked about it last week, all these types of things are going to pull people together. They're going to pull people to cl- together, make make them come out the other side and be, you know, a better, a, a tighter group, more family oriented. And, and, and ultimately, it's going to end up being a good thing for you. So I'm going to take a quick break here for you. And when we get on the other side, we're going to try to get uh, Nick Swartz on the line from Rant Sports here. Searching for somebody? I certainly am. I'm always searching. But you don't have to search too far there when you found this particular show or any other show on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450thesportsbuzz.com. This show and everything else is brought to you by Nick Stein Law uh, here in New Albany. Over here in New Albany, uh, it's uh, 948-6000. Um, they usually don't have to go to court, but if they do, they'll take care of business for you. That's for sure. Nick Stein and Amy Wheatley, put experience on your side. NickSteinLaw.com. NickSteinLaw.com. So... Uh, we went to the break. We finished up a little wrap-up talk about the Boston massacre, the Boston occurrence that's going on up there. Uh, they got the guy. He's droggy, but he's talking, so we'll hopefully find out what's going on there. The NBA playoffs have started, in case you don't know. They are underway. We also have Major League Baseball that's in full force, out and rocking. Um, I want to bring in a caller on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line here at 384-1450. Uh, Nick, are you on the line there, buddy? Yeah, yes, I am. Hey, How you Nick, doing? Uh, this is Nick Swartz. Nick Swartz from RantSports.com. Nick, uh, tell tell the uh, listeners a little bit about yourself and what you're doing there at Rant Sports to get before we get started in this jibber jabber. Um, I'm working. I work. I cover the New York Yankees. Um, I also um, am the senior editor at a site called The Hub Sports Plus Music, um, where I cover the Yankees um, as well as all sports. And I'm the senior editor and just take care of everything. It's a new site. Um, but majority, like, you know, covering the Yankees or whatnot, I got asked to do both. So, I'm, you know, 
going with both places a little bit. I've been running on the Yankees for a few years now, so doing a little a little yeah, double dose. So, uh, so let's 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 tiptoe around with that right off the bat, then. Though. So, what, how, tell me a little bit about the Yankees this year. What's what's going on there? A lot of I, well, just, I, I, I love I love how the team's playing. This team reminds me a lot of the '98 team. I got you. Gritty, I was thinking I was thinking know, the exact same thing. Back. Yeah, I got you. You know. Um, Game three of the Arizona series, uh, they didn't come back and win it, but they just had that grittiness. You got players like Cervelli, you know, Chris Stewart. The, the catchers are batting over 300 combined. You know, uh, no one ever thought that. You know, Nunez is playing good. Even when Jason Nixon has to step up a shortstop, he's playing amazing. You know, you coming in. Oh, Nix is playing uh, shortstop. He's the Yankee killer, you know. Yeah, Nix is playing shortstop. Yeah, well, Nick moved over to shortstop, but Nunez got hit. Uh, Nunez has has a magnet attached to his body, I think, and he's been hit with like three <laughs> balls and missed a few games. Yeah, he sure is. So, <laughs> at one time, they moved Cano over to short. They made a switch and late in the game, and Cano moved played shortstop for the first time in his major league career. They put Cervelli at second and Stewart at catcher when Girardi made a, a late game switch, uh, put Hafner to bat. I tell you what. And Girardi's had to pull out some pull some cards out of his his back pocket to to make this all happen for sure. Yeah, he's. I think he's doing a great job. You know, when they started off one and three, everyone was down and out about him. And and, and I wrote on my fourth and on the hub, you know, uh, that relax. Right? The story that I wrote actually was, you know, pump your brakes, everyone. The Yankees are the Yankees. And that's the truth. And it's not saying the money or this and that. But when it was talked about last night on, on or yesterday during the show, the, what Michael K was saying, when people, these players put this uniform on, like Vernon Wells, you know, Kevin, you just, if they just have a, a feel, you know, they, it just the aura comes the over Yankees. them. The aura comes over them. Like yeah. a, it's like a blanket of goodness. So, well, they're listed. They're, they're here. They're in here at ten and seven. Uh, they're only two games back from the, the Red Sox who are leading. They're playing lights out. When, when most people were saying the Red Sox weren't going to play ball this year. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be the first one to say that I'm in shock well, how, how well the rest of us, but it starts with them at the top of the rotation with Lester and, and Buckles. Like they are, 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 you know, they're pitching out of their minds. I think together they're six and I think, or no, they're five and oh, because uh, oh, yeah, yeah. got uh, a push yesterday because uh, I think they came back in the bottom of the eighth inning, but they've been playing insane. They were playing without Big Poppy. He comes back. He's been, I think, 800 in his first two games back. Two, three, he played two games. Yeah, big Poppy's um, one. I tell you what, here, I I have never been a Big Poppy uh, endorser, but he uh, he's making a liar out of me the last couple of days for sure. He's he's hitting he's hitting the cover off the baseball right now, and then uh, then you have yeah. Toronto and, and you have Toronto in the east of this division, and everybody was touting them in the beginning of the year before the year preseason, saying that they were going to be uh, number one, they were going to be top dogs in the east. It's so funny. He said, "Right when A went out and signed everybody, right?" I, I was reading something about that. I thought it was a joke from the guy who said they are nothing but paper champions. Like you, you cannot in any sport. And I would figure people would notice by now. You, if, if money bought championships, the Yankees would have five hundred of them. I mean, they would win it every year. I tell you what, do me a favor. Do me a favor. Repeat that same sentence for me because I've been I've been screaming that for years. Repeat that same thing you just said. What money buy can't buy you championships? It doesn't. No, you, it, you can't. You know, it, you know paper champions. And there's always someone looking down and then sort of spreading out the wealth. It always seems like you know every every year there's that one team that steps up uh, that wasn't expected to. You know uh, who, who's who do you think? I mean, obviously the Yankees are playing better than they, they were expected. The Red Sox are playing better than expected this year. But they're they're and but then you look to the Central. Look to the Central Division. You got the Royals on top, 
that's not a huge long shot or a huge surprise to, to a lot of people. Uh, but, you know, the Royals... I'm not that surprised. I mean, they got Shields over it. And then the seed, the silent one there that, that they came over that many people didn't talk about was Wade Davis came over, and he's pitched two outstanding games for Kansas City. I'm not all that shocked by Kansas City playing it that well. They got a great team. They have a young kid, Kane. Uh, Lorenzo Kane, i.e. Oh, Lorenzo Kane, the left fielder? 390, yeah. Yeah, he's a bad, he's, he's a bad boy. He's, he's ripping it. They are a good, that's a good ball club. That's a good ball club, and they were a good ball club last year. They just had a few injuries here and there. And, but bringing over two great pitchers in that trade. Oh yeah, that uh, was they were that, that was that seems going to be a force. King James and and uh, Wade, they got somebody else, didn't they? Get someone else in 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 the mix too. I they thought got they James got... Shields and, and Davis came over were the main guys, and then uh, I think I think that they got a minor league or something like that. It was Shields? Isn't it Irving? Davis. Isn't Irving Santana there? Yeah, Irving Santana came in another. That's, in another that's who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Irving Santana pitched last night. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yesterday against the Red Sox, and he's hit or miss. I had Irving Santana on my fantasy team last year, and, and one game, one one game, you know, so you know what I'm, you know what I'm dealing with. One game it was great, yeah. one game not, but still, you know, the Royals are on the top of the division. The White Sox, who a lot of people had as the only team that could give the the Tigers any kind of go, uh, they're in the basement of the of the Central. But I mean, these are all close. Right. The the divisions are all fairly close at this point in the game. Yeah, it's early, and but but the thing is, you know, people will say it's early. Now, the first week of the season, early. Now we're getting a little bit more. We can you can start feeling out these teams a little bit more to see what identity they have. Like I can, I, I'm really can rest assured. It feels no sort of a Yankee fan, and it's uh, you know a Yankee beat writer from the Toronto Blue Jays. They play horrible defense. It's horrible defense. I I watched the series. The Yankees just you're, you're talking about the Blue Jays. I, I had never seen anything like it. You're before. talking about the Blue Jays, right? You know? Yeah, the Toronto Blue Jays are horrible. Their defense is gave up in two games six runs. And, Again, we're you know, talking. So I, they're bad. <laughs> Again, know? I'm talking with uh, Nick, um, Nick Swartz is from uh, Rant Sports. Uh, what, what's the other? What's the, give the the, uh, the, the links. site that, that um, I mostly work for? I write on the Yankees for Rant Sports. The site that um, I'm the senior editor for is called the Hub Sports and Music. Um, it's a site that's been around for about. Six years. Um, it just went from a nonprofit to a profit site. Nice. It's run by a senior at Kentucky. Um, she's a soccer player. Decided to make a new profit site. You know, asked me. I have a little bit of experience. Been doing this for you know about fifteen years. And uh, her and I together assembled a nice staff, and we've been putting out some really, really good work lately. Oh yeah, I follow. This weekend was the best we've had. We had three thousand hits on Sunday. On a Sunday, that's pretty good for your third, your third week. Right. So, exactly. Yeah, well, great. Good yeah, that's great. So, um, so we, so let's talk. So you have. What about this? Uh, the West is kind of the West is sort of stacked up, kind of as expected uh, in the American League West. You have the Rangers up top. Uh, again, all these different yeah. divisions. You have the Astros and who are are, are are real bad. The Astros are real bad. The Marlins are real bad in the National League. We'll talk National League here in just a minute. But um, so yeah. so I'll tell you what. Let's do this. Um, now that we're, we're, what are we, four, five, four weeks into the season? Four, this is week five? Yeah. Week four. We're starting week five. Correct? Or yeah, no, we're starting yeah, week yeah. four. We're yeah. starting week four, actually. Yeah, I'm week sorry. Four. Week four, yeah. So we've got, uh, we've, we talked about the, the East. We talked about the Central. The West has got the Rangers up top with uh, Oakland uh, is right there with them. And then you have the Angels, Mariners, and Astros who are all kind of close for the bottom there. So um, what I want you to do for me, uh, since we have, there's, an additional wild card this year as well, correct? Yeah, yeah. Well, there was last year too. It's that one game. They, they tried to make the division title 
more important because you know having the one wildcard teams would pull the you know you know take their uh, foot off the gas and you know that because they knew they were getting the playoffs and they were going to have a five game series with them. Well, now they've made it you know where there's two wildcards in each division, but the, the wildcard teams have, have a one game playoff and anyone can beat anyone exactly. in one game. So you want to win your division. So like adding that kind of added a little excitement, but yeah. it also made winning your division more important. Again, it made, like yeah, much more important person. to do so. Okay, so let me put you on the spot here a little bit. So we've got four, okay. we've got three division spots, and then the two wild card spots that play together, play each other for the buy-in game. That's basically how it works. Correct. Uh, yes. Okay, so so I'm going to put you on the spot. Who wins the East? Who wins the Central? Who wins the West? And who are the two wild cards? Look, and this is—I feel like I'm probably going to use my lose my Yankee card here. I'm in the East, I think Boston wins it. Like that's um, all I'm saying is I, tangible here. I don't want your emotions. I don't want—I don't want that BS emotion stuff. I, I, look, I write. I, I when, it doesn't matter that I'm a Yankee fan and a Yankee writer. Everything I write, I write the truth, no matter what. You know, ah, there you from go. The heart from the brain. There you go. You know? There you go. Uh, Boston wins the East. Boston wins the East. The Central, um, Detroit, I, I, I just think that that they're, they're the best team. They're, Too much pitching. Can, Too much pitching in Detroit. Yeah. I mean, you got yeah. when you've got when you when you're sending out Verlander, Scherzer, and Fister as your one, two, three. You know, you, that's too deep. And then you've got Annabelle Sanchez as your fourth, and Porcello as your fifth. That's that's a. And you guys, you have a you have a lineup that can literally bail out pitchers. I mean, you know, like, I've watched so much baseball, it's insane. They they were talking. I mean, you got Austin Jackson's a table setter for that team. He gets on base. They could literally him get on base could make an inning go from no runs to five. Boom boom boom. Clint Schuler coming up. Victor Martinez. You know, and that's what even out the MVP to Like, come on. That, I know that one two insane. three. How do you pitch around some of those guys to get to the others? I know it's Corey Hunter. Corey Hunter came over and trade. That team is that team is good. Yeah. You know, so I, I definitely give them essential and the West. I like Texas. I like Texas. Uh, I I agree with you 100. LA. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, LA's just, again, I think LA's got a little touch of that, you know, by the team, but uh, they don't have that chemistry that you need. But uh, I've got, uh, I agree with you 100% on the West. I've got the Rangers winning the West. Um, I'm actually, I'm actually, uh, I want to agree with you on Detroit, but I I think that that Kansas City has been the whipping post of that division for so many years. I think they have just enough tools, and they believe in themselves. I think Kansas City might sneak past them to win it, but it's going to be a close race. It's going to be tight. Yeah, it's going to be tight. Yeah. And 80, then I ha- 85, 86 wins to win that division. 85, 86 games. And then uh, it'll be one of the lower. Oh yeah, exactly. You're, division, no, you're, uh, you're absolutely right. You're you're yeah, you're absolutely right. So I, I yeah so I've I've got the Kansas City I've got Kansas City so in conjunction with that I have Detroit as as one of the two wild cards but I'll get back to that in a second. Um, yeah. In the East I've actually got I'm, I'm going long ball in the East and this you might think I'm crazy about this but I think that the I think that the Orioles man have have got what it takes this year. I don't think their pitching is as strong as the others in the division, but I don't believe that Lester and Buckholtz for the Red Sox I, I don't think they do it all year long. I think you got injuries coming around the corner for one or the other, which is you could say that for anybody, but you know, I just yeah. I don't think and then the Yankees, I just think that there's just so much turmoil this year. Um, but I think yeah. what happens is just that. The the Boston Red Sox pitching sort of falls apart at some point. And then I think you have the Orioles winning and then you have the Yankees just just missing out, but the Yankees and Detroit play for the play in game. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean it, it, well, the, the thing about Baltimore is this, um, 
And my, I feel, like, I don't know, it seems like a trend in the East that every year, you know, Baltimore, like, it started, like, 10 years ago. They, 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 they start off, you know, they're talked about, they're, like, in the race, and then slowly they, they fade away. They fade away. I, they have a too young of a pitching staff. They have a great manager, former Yankee manager, loved them, you know. If it wasn't a straight short season, maybe it wouldn't have won a World Series for the Yankees, Buck Showwater. But that pitching staff's right, they don't really have a true ace. No, exactly. You know, their true ace is the the, the relief pitcher. Yeah, that's the ace. Joe of their Johnson. Staff. Joe, I know. Back. I have him on my fantasy team, and he's been he's been. I actually made a mistake of putting so, uh, Joel Hanrahan. Good, good taste, good. <laughs> I have uh, so. team Well, listen, Nick. Uh, I've got to take a quick break. Can you can you can you chat more on the other side of the break, brother? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. You, can, no you, can either, you can either stay on the line or wait a few minutes and call back, whatever's best for you. I'll stay on the line. It's not big deal. Okay, we're going to get off to a break here on 1450 and 1450 The Sports Buzz. This is The Big Nasty Show. Must be, must be your skin. Do you realize that Bush is my all-time favorite band? All-time favorite band, DJ. Did not know that. <laughs> Write it down. Write it down. You can never give me enough Bush, ever. <laughs> anyway, we were. What were we doing on the flip side? We were talking a little bit of baseball. I've got uh, Nick Nick Swartz up in uh, Northeast. Nick, you still on the line with us, buddy? Yes, I am. All right, buddy. Well, we were well. So we so we we closed out the, the first segment there with uh, our predictions for the American League and the playoffs. We'll get back to that in just a second because we're going to well, do we, it all. We ended it with your predictions, your yeah. your style predictions. Oh, you just gave me the Rangers, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So who's who's your wild card teams in the American League, and then we'll head to the National League. Um. Yeah. I I, I just because I, I want to get because it's very important to me. My first wild card team is New York Yankees. It is not out of heart. It's out of fact. I think this team is so there's something special about them. If, if anyone has watched them and seen how they play and they fight, and it isn't from a Yankee fan. It's just from a baseball fan. There's there's something special about this group. They're going to be a wild card team. The the second wild card team. I it's going to come out. It's going to be a team out of the West. Um, I I would think it's funny with the Angels. I don't know. I'm a little worried about the, the, their pitching staff, especially uh, uh, with Wilson going down. But what happened um, to Wilson again? Can, what happened to Wilson? Uh, I, something. You uh, he hurt his shoulder or something like that. He's out for a little while. Um, and that, him being the ace of their staff, um, you know, I, I just think you, you look at you got the, they got a trade from uh, I think the, Tommy Hansen from the Braves came over. He's one of the pitchers, and then you know. Uh, I forget who their number two pitchers. So their pitching is a little bit off. I think they're going to get it together. They have one of the best managers in baseball. Isn't it Jason so, Hamill? Love Isn't Jason Hamill their second uh, guy? No, it's uh, 
Uh, I forget his name. Uh, he pitched last night. I, I totally gave. That's okay. Blank no, no big game. deal. So you got you've got the Yankees in yeah. that second. Yankees and possibly you you think you think maybe the Athletics. No, I, I, I'm either the, either the A's or the Angels. One of the two. Okay, I got you. All right, so let's let's keep that in mind in the back of your mind. We're gonna we'll get back to that in a second because we'll overall the whole thing. So let's move on to the National League then and talk a little bit about that. Okay. Um, I, I, in my opinion, like the National League is probably the. the I'll let you dissect it, it first. It's shocking. I, I'm going to say that, like, with the the, the Braves are off of this hot start, and everyone was talking about it. Well, it's them the feast or famine. They got a home run hitting lineup, and, and anyone that knows anything about baseball knows that home run hitters strike out a lot. So you see, go through the Braves box scores, you'll see games like ten two, ten six, and then you'll see games the games that they lost are like four nothing, five one. Because they're, they're feast or famine, I think it's going to catch up to them. I don't think they're as good as as I mean they come off to have a wonderful start. I don't think their pitching is as, as good as it's shown. Every every pitcher looks good when they got fourteen runs put up for them, you know. Right. Uh, the best team in the East is the Washington Nationals, hands down, no doubt about it in my mind, you know, and uh, at least. Yeah, that's um, absolutely, absolutely. I agree with you on that one. And the uh, the the Central. Oh goodness, <laughs> that's a toss up. That's a toss up every but I mean the Reds probably. Yeah, you've you know, got well. Uh, we, we, there's a lot of loyalty in these parts. I've kind of the Phillies are my team, you know, being from Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, but the Reds are kind of my default team because I can go up to the games and they they take pretty good care of me up there, which is always fun. If you if you ever get in town, we can do we can we can we can send you up. We can go up to a game. They got the cut. oh yeah. No, I'm I, I definitely I have like a. Uh, I've been to a bunch of major stadiums, but like that's one of the ones I want to go. I, I want to go to all of them, but I, I, I kind of like I have a little like soft spot for Cincinnati. I like watching their games, and I always seem to have a lot of their players on my fantasy team. So oh, I yeah, watch a too. lot of Cincinnati baseball. Oh, you yeah. know? So, so um, big Brandon Phillips fan. I think he's been on, on my fantasy team like every year he's been in baseball. I think I don't know. Seems odd, but he is. But no, Cincinnati. I think. You know, uh, wins wins that division. I, I just don't see anyone better than them. I, it's kind of it's just. That whole division just—it never really is, uh, and all that much. I mean, who's gonna who's gonna beat them? I mean, who can in the Central? And I don't know. I can't think of a team that that, that can compete with them there. Um, in the West, uh, it just another another paper champion, the Dodgers. Nothing. I, I, you look at, you know, uh, now they got Crawford coming back, but they're only playing him every few days. He's hitting really, he, he's hitting relatively well. Um, Beckett pitched pretty good the other night. You know, was one of his better starts. Um, but I don't think that the, the Dodgers are, are the best team in the NFL West. Uh, I, I, I don't. Um, yeah, I think the okay. Giants are again. I, I mean, Lynch, look, this is what this If your number five starter has won two Cy Youngs, you're a good team. That's <laughs> yeah, the team you're in, but road somewhere. The, problem, the only it's problem with that... Starter. The only problem with that is uh, Kane has dropped two big goose eggs the last two times out. He's been, He pitched abysmal. The last two times out, yeah. So that, that I have some concerns I, about. Yeah, I have I some agree. concerns about that rotation. Zito was pitching lightest out. He he dropped the goose egg last time he pitched, but yesterday pitched a good he's one. Doing one though. I mean, he's Zito. He's like, look, that whole pitching staff. They probably have a psychologist on like duty because they're all crazy. That whole pitching staff. They all have some issues. They okay. all do. So we got we. Zito, <laughs> well, let's uh, let's let's run down this National League now because um, I. I don't disagree with you a whole lot on the National League, so let's 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 pick let's do the same thing with the National League. Let's get, give me your three division 
champions, and then the two wild cards. Washington, Cincinnati, San Francisco. Um, wild card, Atlanta. Oh, you think Washington goes back and trumps the Braves the way they're playing? Yeah. I'll tell you what, uh, the, well, the acquisition of jumped Justin Upton coming over to the Braves was huge for them. Both the Uptons yeah, coming Washington, over. Now. Washington, Washington will win the East. And whoever uh, doesn't is going to be a wild card. And, and Atlanta will be, the, will be one of the wild cards. And the second wild card will come out of the West. Um, it, most likely it will be the Dodgers. I mean, I think they'll probably just squeak in. Um, they'll probably get it together a little bit, and you know, and, and they'll be one and done because I think that they'll end up losing to the Braves in the wild one game. Okay, who plays uh, in the? That? That, that's my guess. All right, well, and that's pretty. I'm pretty shocky. I'm in the same sort of boat with you on that. So, so let's let's break it down. Give me the American League Championship game, National League Championship game. Just American on pure, just on pure just on pure teams. We I know they don't know how they set up. I think that uh, it would probably be Texas and Detroit. Okay. Um, I it sounds crazy, but I I just think that you know um, I I just think that they're the best teams in the American League. Okay, uh, I've got Texas and I've got Texas and Baltimore. I've got Texas Baltimore love. I do, I got I got man love for Baltimore, <laughs> and I haven't been to Camden yet. You believe that? I was to the old park no, several I, times. Yeah, it's a great place. So great it's amazing. Okay, amazing so place, that's our you know? that's our American League, and then uh, we'll do and then uh, for the National League, we who's in the National League championship game. The national championship game, Cincinnati and Washington. There it is. We, we, I agree with you one hundred percent on that. On the National League, we differ in the American League. So who go, who goes to the World Series from the American League? Uh, Detroit. Detroit. I've got yep. Texas. I I've got Texas. So. I've got Texas with you with know. with you Darvish leading the way. Yeah, so, I mean he's wow. What a yeah, that's a whole another one. But so, yeah, he's pitching. He's okay, great. so um, who wins the National League? Who wins? The, who wins? Cincinnati. I, I had Cincinnati going to the World Series right at the beginning of the season. I wrote an article about I had Cincinnati going to uh, the World Series. I love it. I've got Washington. I've got Washington. So I've got Washington playing Texas in in the World Series. You have Detroit playing Cincinnati in the World Series. Yeah. Who's your national? Yeah. League? Who's your champion? Detroit. Detroit wins it all this year. Okay, all right. Well, that's a little chalky, Mister Swartz. A little chalky, but uh, we'll let you. We'll let you. We'll let you have it. Uh, uh, yeah. I think so, they're going to barely get in. I think they're going to be. They're going to. They're only going to win like eighty-five, eighty-six games. But they're going to put. Look, you've at the face of Justin Verlander twice in a series. They have an advantage. They're going to win them games. You have to fight them twice. That's it. It's over. <laughs> they're making it to what they're not, and, and they're going to win this time. I, I, I really, I believe in that. You know, and they have a powerful lineup. They have experience and youth and power and pitch, great pitching staff. I don't know how. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to pick against them. It's all about with whether they stay healthy or not. They, it's they're, they're stacked. There's no question about that. Yeah. There's no question about that. So. Um, I'm pulling wild card on you here a little bit too because I told you I had Rangers playing uh, uh, Washington, and I think the Washington Nationals bring it home this year. That's my call. I could be well, wrong. The problem with the Washington Nationals is that I mean, no, I mean you might be told that because I, I I'm not actually a national. I think it's great that there's baseball in DC again. I think that's awesome, and you know, it's, they get excited, and you know, the the problem is the management, like not the manager, the management, like what they did with Strasburg last year. I think they're going to do that again. They got a lot of pitch count already this at the beginning of the season. I, I just think they're 
a mess of an organization, and they'll fall apart. You know, I, I don't think that they're old enough, experienced enough. I just don't see them, you know, making it to the World Series. They could, of course, you know, they have the talent. I just, I don't know. I just, I, I just don't think that they have enough to make it to the World Series. You know, yeah, that's I mean, you, you could be. It, you, you might be right. I, I, I think in Vegas, I'd probably get a better number on Washington than I would on, on your team, so to speak. Or, or the, yeah, or, you know, I probably would. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, so listen, let's. Uh, can we uh, can we save the NBA talk until they get a few more games in? Maybe call back. Maybe talk another time. Uh, a little NBA yeah, chat. Yeah, absolutely. Man. Anytime, anytime. I love talking sports. I write. Uh, my, uh, someone asked me what I my favorite TV show. I said whatever's I'm watching on sports. You know? <laughs> okay. That's what I do. There you, you know? go. Well, so I'm anytime, I'm right? in the same boat. So Nick, tell them tell them how they can find you uh, out there. There, listen. Uh, the the hub. Um, it's hubsm.com. Uh, also, uh, ran sports, um, you know, ran the Yankees, but the hubs, uh, sports plus music. It's a great site. Um, at the hubsm.com, uh, the Twitter handle. Uh, wonderful, wonderful site. Sports and music, like, it's all for men. Like, music and sports should go together. It's, that's what, that's what we do on the Big Nasty site. Show, buddy. We do music and sports on here, man. So, um, listen, yeah. thanks for calling in, yeah, man. Yeah. And uh, it's an open format here. So, you can, uh, on the Oxford Ford Lincoln buzz line, you can call in here anytime, 502 384 1450, buddy. Thanks again for calling in. And uh, uh, we'll, get you, we'll get you back on here real soon. And, and we'll talk a little, uh, a little more Major League Baseball and this and that. So. All right, with you, All right, no problem, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, Nick. Have a good day, bud. Have a good afternoon. All right, thanks, All right we're going to take a break here on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450thesportsbuzz.com. Afternoon, starting to warm up a little outside. Just went outside to get some fresh air. Welcome back to the Big Nasty Show here on Yahoo Sports Radio. We, um, I want to let you know if you have any money problems. If you have money problems at all, or you are trying to get a, re, a refinance or a mortgage or anything like that, you can call Envoy Mortgage at seven three six one one six zero. That's Envoy Mortgage. It's a national company that's local right here uh, in Louisville, Kentucky, for you. So give them a call. They'll take care of all your mortgage and uh, money needs. So, uh, speaking of money. Um, I, uh, I've got a I've got a caller on the line. Uh, Kenny, are you there, buddy? I'm here. Hey, this is uh, this is Kenny McPeak. Um, I don't want to just call you a trainer because that's not that's that's not doing it justice. Can we can we can we call you an epic trainer or a legendary trainer? What you? I'd be up to you. I, I just keep grinding along every day and and uh, trying to push a sport I love. I tell you, and uh, speaking of let's let's start. Let's everybody knows uh, that we're going to talk horse racing here in just a second. But uh, let's start this out with. Um, I was talking to you the other day in the paddock 
and one of your associates, and they told me about this this smartphone app or computer app that you guys have that sounds pretty cool. Now, explain this to me a little bit. Before you do so, uh, you can text HORSE to 84700. Am I correct on that? Yes. It's it's You text HORSE to 84700, and that's going to take you to this app. Now, explain the app a little bit to me because um, I might not give the best description of it. So. Well, the the app is what you, it's called Horse Races now. It's a it's at this point an iPhone app, and it's also it's all in, in development in Android. All of the Android version has had some kinks, so we're, we're sorting through that. But but when you when you retrieve the app off, whether you go to the App Store or, or, or Google Play Store, or you text like we just told you, um, what it does is it gives you entries, results, replays, live video. You can put in your favorite or program in your favorite horses, trainers, jockeys, racetracks, and it gives you push notifications that let you know when the horses are entered. You can find out when your horses, favorite oh. horses, going to the gate. You can get your favorite, uh, or your favorites are when they're at the gate. It delivers that to you as well. Oh, really? And that's cool. Yeah, and it also gives you it also gives you the results in the replay. So let me ask you this. If I was to put in there, I could put in Kenny McPeak, and it would send me updates on when you're entering horses and when they're going to the gate and this and that. That's what you're telling me, right? You, you, you never, miss, never miss a beat. Um, you can be playing golf. You can be at a wedding. You can be uh, wherever you might be in the bathtub. Yeah, well, I was going to say, um, that, that, might, that, might be, that might be a little stalky status. If I'm wondering where... Uh, to, wait, if, <laughs> it's funny. I had a buddy of mine the other day. I've had two different experiences that, that that were funny, and a buddy of mine's son was playing in a golf tournament, and they were absolutely sick. They couldn't watch bluegrass stakes, and he had his he, he downloaded horse races. Now he had a had the his iPhone. The when they called, the, they're going to the gate. He turned his out. He had his iPhone ready. Him and his son stopped between holes to watch the race, and the horse won. And next thing you know, they were hooting and hollering, and everybody was like, "What's going on?" <laughs> Java's War won a Keeneland. You should have seen it. So anyway. Oh, that's awesome. That's a great. Well, as closely as I follow horse racing, as closely as as you follow, obviously, as close as I follow horse racing, I've got to get this. I'm going to, as soon as as I get, uh, when we go to the break here, I'm going to put this on on my, I have an Android. And as you said, uh, there was some kinks there, but you got that. You're going to, you're trying to work that all out because Android didn't receive it quite as well as the iPhones as is that what happened? You can st- you can still text the word horse to eight four seven zero zero and get a, a link to the Android, but just be patient because w- and leave it on your text messages and simply go back here and within the next few days or week, and we're going to have the Android up and running. Um, Android is funny because there are are nearly a hundred different types of Android phones, so the functionality and the source code that has to be created for an app like Horse Races now is very complicated. Yeah, and so we've struggled getting all the Android phones working. We we had a version that was out there that only about sixty percent of the Android phones would work, and the other forty wouldn't, and that really wasn't acceptable. So we've had to retool it, and it's been a fun project. But um, mo- mostly, um, you know, I know you want to talk about horses, and we can do that too. No, no, that's hey, you talk, you call it in, buddy. We talk about whatever you want to talk about. Well, you know, last weekend was a big weekend with, uh, or the weekend before last with Java's War winning. We ran pure fun last uh, set this past Saturday. I ran a filly against the Colts. It was a little, little different, but um, 
she didn't run terrible, but I think she's run well enough to to justify bringing her back in the Oaks on, oh, on you, Friday. Oh, for, you, okay, yeah. there we go. That's insider information. I love it. I was actually out yeah. there, and I was. Uh, she looked. I I got a real good picture. I'll send it to you. Actually, I have it on my phone. In I got a real good picture of you guys in the paddock. Um, it's she. Uh, you know, everybody. She was the favorite going into the race, and and what did I didn't get? I wasn't out on the track to see the actual race. I was watching it. Uh, and it was so so much going on that I didn't get catch her trip. What, tell me a little bit about what what went down with her trip. Well, she, it wasn't a terrible trip. She 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 ended up trying to finish in between horses, and I think she probably needed to go wide. But you can't really change that. Um, you know how the race unfolds is always tricky. But she um, she needed the race. I, I really felt like fitness wise, I was going to get more out of her by running her as opposed to working her. So, um, so we got the start under her belt, and she's come back good. She ate up last night, and she seems to be on her, on her toes. Pardon me, you said she ate, gonna... she ate up last night. Yeah, we, so, we watched feed tub really close when horse at horses run after they do. That makes that, so, think, so, so tell me yeah, a little bit about that. Tell me a little. Tell me a little bit about that theory, because uh, that's that's something that the outside listeners probably don't really think about. You know, you just feed them, but but t- you say you watch them closely after a race. What what's that? Just to see if they're eating a lot or not not so much. Is that? Yeah, well, I th- the the faster a horse eats, the better they're doing. I mean, we watch the feed program really close. I mean, I think if if their appetite's strong, then they tend to be physically strong. Oh, okay. And so we actually keep track at in the evenings what time a horse eats up and. Whether if they don't eat up everything by midnight, then I'm given that note first thing in the morning. And there's a lot of um, there's a lot of details to hit, but um, obviously because these athletes can't talk, we've right. got to pay attention. That's and um, and that's just one of the many things we take care of. That's one. Of, that's the one you have to take that inside look for yourself. That's what makes a that's what makes a, a trainer, I guess. All these little the new, little nuances. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so let me ask you a question, Kenny. How did you get your start in horses? Give give us give give the listeners a little bit of a background as to how you got uh, being a horseman, train, training horses. Well, when, well, I'm going to try to give you a, as quick a version as I can. My grandmother cut a deal with me when I was five that if I would go to church on Sundays, she would bring ponies to the house so we could ride, and <laughs> um, I loved doing that. And then uh, my grandfather was a uh, an executive at RJ Reynolds here in Lexington. And so he took me to Keeneland for the first time when I was knee high to a grasshopper and I had to um, hold onto his tweed jacket so I wouldn't get lost in the crowd. And that was probably about the 19, oh, late 1960s, something like that. And then, um, then my father taught me how to read a pedigree by the time I was 12. And then when I was 16, I got a driver's license and I decided I was going to work on a horse farm for the summer. I um, went to University of Kentucky and got a degree in that and 50 cents would get me a cup of coffee. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, studied, but studied horses in the racing form while I was there. And um, then subsequently after I did graduate, I went to work on the racetrack. And then, um, well, there, that's, that's the, that's the, the first part of the equation, and then you had you had you've had a decent amount of success over the years. Obviously, you just won the the Kentucky the Toyota Bluegrass out in Lexington just on Java's War just last weekend. I thought it was last weekend was all the farther it was anymore. It's been a crazy couple of weekends around yeah. this part. So yeah, I, that, that that was a great win. I've won that race a couple times, and I think my forte is basically buying horses. I do a lot of that. Um, although I didn't buy Java's War, I bought Pure Fun and Frack Daddy, who's my other Derby intern. I purchased and. 
for those that follow the game, I've purchased the all-time leading earner in American racing history, a horse named Curlin. And uh, he oh, won. You, I, I, um, no, I didn't even know that, and I'm pretty I'm pretty hip on what's happening. I, you won Harlan's, yeah. uh, the Bluegrass, the last time you had won it was on, what, did I hear, Harlan's Holiday? Yeah, I trained Harlan's Holiday to win the Bluegrass That's in 2002. The, uh, also won the Ashland. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the few, few trainers that have ever won both of them in the same season. So, so just the two. You, I'm still young, too, Oh, uh, I know. You're I, you're a Bronken <laughs> buck. That's why I said. I, I see you in the paddock. You're a dapper man, too. Don't, if anybody's never seen this guy, that's Kenny McPeak. He's uh, he's not only is an extraordinary trainer, but he's a, a dapper man. So, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so, but you took a little breather um, when Helen Pitts, didn't you, like, you took, she took over a lot of your, a lot of your work. Training-wise? It was a long story. You know, my mother got ill, um, went through a stage where, you know, some kind of push came to shove. My mom got real sick. Um, I decided to step back for a period and uh, work as an agent, which that's been, like I said, my MO, uh, pick out horses. Yeah. I turned them over to Helen because I really physically couldn't handle um, all the details. I needed to deal with my mom. I needed to deal with kind of restructuring and I took nine months off. Um, it was a nice sabbatical, you know, uh, professors and such, they get sabbaticals and they, and they, sure. you know, over a course of time. And the truth is, is I'll probably do it again one day. I don't know when, um, if I were to win the Derby this spring, you never know the sun, next Sunday morning, I might, you know, just say I'm going to take a little time off and <laughs> come back and do it again. It's kind of like mountain climbing. Sure, sure. I, I, you know, once you get to the top, you get tired of standing there. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, I tell you what, I I wouldn't mind being on the top. I'm sure it uh, doesn't hurt, especially when it's a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar Toyota Bluegrass stake. So, um, so how many how many head do you have? How many horses do you have now between Keeneland and Churchill? Is, is that where you keep them all stabled, or? Yeah, we, we went through the list this morning with the team, um, and I've got some great young assistants out there. For those in Louisville, know Phil Bauer. Phil yeah. Bauer's mm-hmm. doing a fantastic job for me. And I've got Alan Shell, who runs uh, one of the barns in Lexington. And I've got actually got Chris Bauer, who's another uh, Louisvilleian. And uh, they're um, they you know they always wear red and black around the barn though. And I'm trying to get them to wear blue and white. If you know what I'm saying, <laughs> yeah, Louisville basket, they're Louisville I, fans. I know. I well, that's that. I'm I'm neutral, and and I I work at a station that's predominantly Cardinals or UK. They have alliances to one or the other, and I'm a Syracuse and Northeast fans of everything. So, uh huh. <laughs> but they, they they all do a good job. But getting back to your question, we have 36 horses at Churchill. We have uh, just under 50 at Keeneland right now. And we've got assortment uh, that are. Uh, between the farm here in Lexington, which I'm at now, and oh, uh, let's see, I think I got another twenty something in Ocala, Florida, that come up later. So we've got a nice base, and um, we got some wonderful clients we work with, um, and a lot of them from Louisville. There, you know. Um, well, that's the Bob important. Bob back. We ran a horse for yesterday, and Peter Edwards and Rusty Jones and Dean Demery, and there's a whole list. It's of about. Them. It's all. Sure I'm leaving several out. Well, that's McCauley. like. That's Paul like when Marga, you win a, if you were to win a if you were winning a Grammy, or, or you know you can't you can't include everybody on your acceptance speech, you know. So, but I'm you know there's number one one. That's that's about the that's what it's all about, isn't it? it? It's your owners and the relationships that you have with your owners. I mean that's yeah, really what absolutely. it's all you know that's what that's what this game is all about. Um, so now we're coming up on a potential break. Do you, are you do you got do you have to run or can you stick with us for another segment to talk Derby and a little bit more about your app? If not, we can run a little yeah, later. Yep. Yeah. 
I'll hold on. Okay, so you can either hold on or call back, whatever's best for you. No, uh, I'll, we'll, I'll hold on. And then we'll, nice. and we'll talk more about this this horse racing app, which I want to hear more about that because that sounds fantastic. So I'm talking with Kenny McPeak of uh, Horse Racing fame, and we are uh, going to take a quick break here on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450thesportsbuzz.com. I die before I get old, but uh, we're talking with someone on the line that uh, has disclosed that he's not very old. So, Kenny, you still there, buddy? I'm still here. <laughs> talking to Kenny McPeak, just won the uh, Toyota Bluegrass Stakes last weekend on Java's War with Jillian Le Peru up on him. Congratulations, by the way. I haven't even said that. We've been on the air for a minute now, so it's always nice, right? I appreciate that. It was a big day. It was a big day. That was a good, good day all around, so... We were just talking about your horses and stuff. You got a you got a few left out of Keeneland, and then you got you, is now the time the next week or two where you sort of transfer them all over to Churchill and focus on that for the summer. We're actually moving tomorrow. We we, we move them in um, two two at a time, and they go back and forth. We keep a a, a little uh, well two van or trucks. We have three trucks. We go back and forth all the time. We try to take two down and bring two back, and it is a lot of juggling, but. Um, Staff handles a lot of those details. They do a great job, but um, very typical this time of year. You start sending the runners to Churchill, and you want them to train over that racetrack. Um, Java's War went down last week or Thursday, and then uh, Friday he came in from Arkansas. No, be careful how you say that, Kenny. You said Java's War went down last weekend. You know, you got to be careful with that. <laughs> That's a big horse yeah, there. So, well, <laughs> but yeah, yeah you just you just yeah. take two at a time. Then is the is the plan, right? Yeah, tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. Uh, Pure Fun will leave from Keeneland and head to Churchill as well so she can get her last few gallops in over there. But um, it's very typical when we when we rotate um, the divisions around. We've also got a lot of equipment that we switch back and forth, but it's um, part, of, part of the routine. Been doing it almost uh, 28 years. So I've got a question for you on a couple things. First of all, um, what's your thoughts on the additional September meet in, in Churchill this year? Is that uh, something that you're all for or? Yeah, I think I think it's good. Um, I think the purse, purse structure would be higher than it probably was at Turf Way. Churchill does a real good job getting people uh, in, in the track uh, during the meet. Sure. But uh, yeah, I think it's positive. We needed we needed a fall meet. We need some uh, two year a two year old stakes program, which the Turf Way two year old stakes program disappeared, and we um, we definitely need quality racing in Kentucky in September. And I think the weather's going to be great for that. And I think it's a positive. Churchill's taking that over. Oh, I can't! I can't wait. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. For those that don't know, it's going to be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday uh, cards. They're not doing the the middle of the week up to Thursday. So, um, as usual, horse racing is always dark Mondays and Tuesdays, at least in these parts. So, and uh, so so that's a good thing, right? That's an extra what what is that? An extra twelve work out to extra twelve racing days, which is always nice. Um, I'm not sure exactly. I know the Turfway ran 
they ran for the whole month of September. They would start normally, I uh, wanted to Wednesday or Thursday after Labor Day and then run until the first, um, well, actually the last, well, the first Thursday in October, and then Keelan took over on Friday. So yeah. actually they hadn't studied how many days uh, Churchill's going to be running, but I'm glad that they will be running in, in uh, Churchill because it ought to be a good time here. Yeah, absolutely. And, and another question, this is more important than everything we've talked about so far. Um, so this Saturday opens up Churchill Downs, and they're calling it a whiteout. Are we going to see Kenny McPeak in a all-white leisure suit? Is that is that in the cards? That's the first I heard about that. Yeah, um, it's going to be all, Well, that's because the Big Nasty Show is in the cut now, Kenny. I, all right. Yeah, so but right. I well, expect I mean, to see you I'm in all white. <laughs> I think I, I think I outgrew my white pants. So I don't know <laughs> well, if I'm going to be able to make that one. <laughs> I know I don't have any either. I have to probably just. They say you can do khakis. You can do khakis, and it's still no. it's still good. So the problem is I don't have any white I'm shoes. Safe. So <laughs> so um, now we you talked about a pure fun. You're we we are she is a go in in the Oaks unless she gets hurt, of course. Yeah. As long, as long as she trains well in the next few days, I think I think we are. We've got um, we've got uh, Julian Lake Peru set to rider, and yeah, it looks like we're all set. Yeah, some that's 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 going to be an interesting race. Of course, both of them are going to be interesting races this this week, next two weeks. It's actually just inside of two weeks. We have uh, two thousand. Mm-hmm. So um, so what's your thoughts on the championship series and the way they de- devise this point system this year in terms of eligibility, both Phillies and and, and and Colts. I think it's a good thing. I think that horses that 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 have if they haven't been running, then I mean, well, current form is going to be the you know a better judge. And you know, like for example, Pure Fun would have gotten in the Oaks if they had gone to the old system because they're going to the new system. She was kind of short points. It was looking at being short points, and where we were on the fence. But um, it's a I think it's a good thing. I mean, I think they've changed. I think there are a few races they need to to, to readdress, which would be the Illinois Derby, Irish Cup, juvenile, juvenile Colts, and the Illinois Derby. Those are two races I think deserve even more points, or at least some for Illinois. And surprising, they'd leave them out completely. Yeah. So, and there's only the the fourteen is is it fourteen maximum in the in the Oaks, if I'm not mistaken? Correct. Right. Right. Fourteen, 14 in the Oaks, but twenty in the. Derby. And then they'll do the they'll do the post position draw for the Oaks the Tuesday prior to the Oaks, and then they'll do the the Wednesday prior will be the Derby draws if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So okay, so let's talk a little bit about uh, obviously we have two potential uh, charges in in the Derby here. We have Frack Daddy and we have Java's War. Um, I was out there Sunday morning on, and you were doing your what. It, what they said was a traditional you they shed row walking is that explain kind of how how that works you do this on a regular oh, we, we don't tend, we don't tend to train on sundays um i believe every every stable or everybody has an easy day and a personal day and we tend to work a lot of our horses on friday and saturday and then we walk everything on sunday clean clean the legs up make sure that you know they're well taken care of but they don't they don't go to the track and gallop on some occasions they do, but for the most part we, we walk Sundays and then um, then we go right back on at it on Monday. And today we did did a lot of scheduling and a lot of um, you know planning ahead. And but um, it's just a routine of mine. I learned it. Australian trainers don't train a race on Sunday. I think it's a good thing. And uh, there are things more important than racing horses seven days a week. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and I think I think you can get it all done in six. There you go. So um, on those two on those two horses, uh, 
so do you have a scheduled are you going to take them out in the morning in the next couple of days and then they rest till the derby what's your i mean you don't have to give too much if you don't want to but uh no i mean they're they're going to gallop they're going to gallop all week and then they're going to breeze together it looks like either saturday or sunday before the kentucky derby and there's not a whole lot that needs to be done and they're they're fit and they're ready and we just need a nice maintenance breeze and it sets them up for a fine uh, and a real quick question. Uh, of course, you don't have to get too uh, involved or too thorough with this, but uh, uh, horse uh, trainers drop references a lot that the the common public are maybe not too hip to. But you said gallop and breeze. Now I, I know what's what's going on there, but give the give the listeners kind of an idea of what you mean when you say that you're going to gallop a horse or breeze a horse. Just the difference between the two. Well, a gallop would be would be a morning where they back up. We normally jog a horse at least a half mile prior to galloping and then when they turn around to gallop it, it'd be a medium paced uh, medium paced canter and you know they normally gallop a mile and a half um, on a breeze is when they actually work out fast um, uh, gallops probably for every eighth of a mile you'd probably be going about 15 16 seconds right where on a, a breeze or a workout would be 12 seconds I got you. It's a speed and sometimes they'll call a breeze a blowout, if I'm not mistaken, correct? You could call it that, yeah. It's a t- breeze means a fast workout. So, And usually that's around, usually three or four furlongs is the preferred, or five furlongs is not, not usually much longer than that, right? Most trainers re- revolve those between three, four, and five. In this case, we're going to go five furlongs. And, um, With both like of them? Said, just maintenance breeze. They're both very fit, yes. Uh, of course. And they'll probably go together. Oh, you're going to put them out in tandem, huh? Yeah, they, and, they're used to working together. Now, is that to, is that tomorrow or Wednesday morning? Is that going to be the last one then, or Saturday? Oh, so sat. So you're going to do one. You give them a full week then to just kind of get ready. Yeah, just some walking and stuff. That's very exciting. So no, they'll walk Sunday morning. They're coming out of the work day. They'll walk Sunday, and then they'll go back to the track on Monday, and then they'll do some either jog two or gallop one. Um, jog a mile, gallop a mile, or sometimes further. But Frack Daddy today, gallop, we felt like he needed to do a little more. Little more. He galloped a mile and a half where Travis War, We just jogged him twice because he's a smaller horse and he's a little fitter. But um, we're, uh, we, it really, at this point, it's quite easy to get one ready. All, all the work's mostly done. But yeah, now it's, now it's just, now you're just keeping your fingers crossed and hoping that nothing happens as far as an injury. Exactly. That's the main thing. So you got twelve. What is it? What is it? Twelve days now, or we're down to eleven days now. Twelve days, I believe it is. And now we just got to mm-hmm. get them over there. So, so do you have any? Uh, do you lean towards one or the other in your own personal opinion as to which one you might think has a better shot of winning the race? Oh, that's like trying to decide between your favorite child, and that's a bad thing. That, um, don't... So I don't even go there. We just try. We just try to try to get them both ready. I don't really. I mean, both horses are fantastic to be around. I can't. I can't um, split them physically in the morning. They've always worked right together. Um, in the afternoon, job has made a little, made a lot more money than than Frack Daddy. But Frack Daddy seems to be a late maturing horse, and Java's you know really smart and classy. But it's funny that um, you... it's a good spot to be in. It's funny that you say that Frag Daddy is a late maturing horse. When I saw that I was actually out there for his maiden win, when he freaked that day, and it was a 12, 12 horse, he just freaked that day. He likes he likes Churchill, and I think that's probably a big deal. Yeah. He actually outran Java that day. 
pajamas I run him in the after in the afternoons. So it's um you know, it's kinda of hit and miss on which one's better than the other one, but uh they're both coming into good, and that's the biggest thing. I wonder if they, if they, how much they know that like that's their buddy in the same stall. That's kind of interesting to to think of. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you'd be surprised. They have great sense of smell. They're pretty smart animals too. Gotta, yeah, they are. They are. Don't don't dare. If you if you um, if you give a, a horse a peppermint and they get your scent, they'll they'll recognize you as a friend and. Um, if you do something, you know, like you know, strike them or, or yell, and they can get your scent, they'll they'll anticipate, you know, the um, your you know your actions or whatever. They're very intelligent, much more intelligent than probably people getting credit for. That's yeah. Um, I, they're very kind. But if you if you treat a horse well, they'll treat you well. That's and a, um, probably a good way to be in life, whether it's people or horses. Uh, that's a good that's good words of wisdom from Kenny McPeak. Uh, so talk to me about real, real quick here. We'll talk a little bit more about this because uh, this this app that you've got is is kind of sounds like just what I've been looking for because I'm always on the run. So how how can they get this? And I know they can text horse to to eight four seven zero zero. Again, text horse to eight four seven zero zero, and that'll get you to the app. And tell them a little bit about that app again for me, Kenny, if you would. Well, it delivers it delivers uh, your favorites, so you can put in your favorite tracks, horses, trainers, jockeys. Um, it's easy. It's like having a, a a program in your pocket for the rest of your life um, at any racetrack anywhere in the North America. Um, it's free. It's uh, simple, fast. We have uh, replay video. We have live video. It's at uh, participating tracks about. Half of the racetracks have embraced what we're doing. And then um, if, um, you, you, let's say you want to watch a replay at dinner and you want to pull it up, you just simply click and punch in the horse's name on replays, and there you go. You show it. Boom. So it's um, it's got some neat bells and whistles. I love it. And we're um, growing 60,000 downloads in 103 countries. Perfect. So we're really, we're really coming. And um, by the time we get to the other side of the Derby and probably the Belmont, I'm going to hope that we double those numbers so it's um it's a fun fun uh, little tool that you can use to keep track of the sport listen i'm going to need to get back to the stables i know you do we, we Re- beat at three o'clock and um it's about that time absolutely and i've got to get a break i'm going to put you on the spot on your way out though if you don't have frack daddy in the race and you don't have java's war in the race and you've got twenty dollars and you have to wager it which horse are you picking besides your two to win the derby this year verrazano verrazano yeah, I saw him the other. I saw him Sunday morning. He looked well. So, Kenny, I want to thank you so much for taking a little time from your day, especially this time of year, because I know things are crazy for you. And uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll promote this uh, this app that you've got going, and I'll see you out in the paddock real soon. Okay, my friend. Sounds good. Thanks right. for having me. Thanks again, Kenny. Kenny McPeak. Right. We're going to take a quick break here on fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz and fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz. You're listening to the Big Nasty Show. Ready or not, here I come, you can't hide. Gonna find you and 
take it slowly ready or not here i come you can't hide gonna find you and make you want me now that i escape sleep walk away those who go relate know the way they kick and that's was that a request by me oh okay that was a dj h request welcome back buddy sometimes it's Sometimes I miss you when I get callers because I've, I've got to focus in on what they're all about and I don't get a chance to hear the delicious stylings of DJ Yates. So welcome back. We can You can party with me this last part of the segment if you would. So Thanks. Uh, what a nice guy Kenny McPeak was. Uh, and also Nick Swartz earlier calling in, a couple good guests today. So there's a lot of stuff we didn't get to. Um, first of all, I want to let you know if you're looking for a place to join as a, as a golfer, as a member, you want to check out Oxmoor Country Club. Oxford Country Club's right in the heart of St. Matthews as well. Uh, you can get them at 491-7877. they got a championship swimming pool, championship golf course. They have a banquet facility like no other. All you got to do is go in there. If you uh, make a guest list for your guests, take care of that. They'll take care of everything else for you at Oxmore Country Club, uh, 491-7877. I want to let everybody, all the Reds fans in baseball, know that the, the Cubs are in town. And if you've ever been up to a Cubs game at Great America Ballpark. It is basically a 50-50 split of fans at that uh, uh, that arena or that, that stadium. But the Cubs are in town for, for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday game, and then the Reds will go on an away series at Washington, four games away at Washington, and then they have two games away at uh, St. Louis, actually three games away at St. Louis to start uh, early May. So we had a golf tournament this weekend that went to the playoffs. Uh, Webb Simpson and Graham McDowell went to a one-hole playoff. And that was all it took for Graham McDowell to win his first tournament he's won in a while. Uh, he, he has uh, He's definitely back in the swing of things. He's got one of the most the purest golf swings of all. But uh, he, in Hilton Head this weekend, they, he won. Uh, and uh, just hats off to Graham McDowell. I wanted to let everybody know that he is he's back in business, so to speak. They were, uh, they were running around and around and around world this weekend. NASCAR was in Kansas City, Kansas, which is a 1.5-mile track, which is kind of one of the shorter tracks in between. Uh, Matt Kenseth, he, he captured his second straight race at Kansas. Uh, he held off Casey Kane to become the third consecutive Sprint Cup driver to win from the pole. So he had the pole and ran all the way around. And he was like a front runner the whole week. So uh, it all came down to the pits. There was a lot of pits shuffling. Uh, Kansas crew got him out of the pits quicker than, than Kane uh, and sort of held off the lead towards the end. So um, we have NASCAR, the standings are uh, Jimmy Johnson still in the lead with the standings. He's at uh, just a, just ahead of Keselowski and uh, Casey Kane is in second. So you got Jimmy Johnson in first place, Casey Kane, Brad Keselowski, Greg Biffle, and Dale, Hart, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is uh, fifth. And to round out the top ten, you have Casey, uh, Carl Edwards, Kyle Busch, Matt Kenseth, Clint Boyer, and Paul Menard uh, in the top there. So very interesting situation brewing there. Um, you heard Kenny McPeak said that he likes Verrazano in the Kentucky Derby, which is very interesting. I was out in the backside on Saturday, as I said before, um, running around back there talking horse racing, I wanted to com- commend the owners and connections of successful Dan, who won the Ben Ali stakes out at Keeneland yesterday at $150,000. He's a seven-year-old. Seven I saw him in the paddock, and this was a beautiful, beautiful racehorse, um, just beautiful. And he he pretty much freaked and won the race easy. 
Um, and I was on the backside the other day. I was talking to I was talking to Tom Amos a little bit, and uh, he's got my loot running. Uh, he he was the the runner up in the Louisiana Derby, um, and he worked the third time uh, at Churchill Downs yesterday. And I wanted to. T- I was talking to him. So very fast this morning, very safe and fast. Uh, and uh, we, as I said, we went right when the track opened, so we were on the best, you know, the best time to go to the racetrack. Um, but he's usually not that into it, to be quite honest with you, when he's by himself. Uh, again, he was never asked, and uh, I know it was the kind of work that, that Rosie was sure impressed with, based on the other work she's done with him. So. Um, I don't think that's an indication that he's gotten overly aggressive or anything like that. I just think it's an indication that he's uh, enjoying his work and coming into the race the right way. Perfect. Again, that was Tom Amos uh, talking to him uh, sat- Sunday morning, actually, after my loot worked and, and worked well. And he's, uh, Rosie Naprovnik, April Rosie Naprovnik, is going to be up on my loot in the Derby and uh, Tom Amos is, is high on this horse. So we'll see, we'll see if he, uh, if he steps, it was a 47 and eight, 47 and change is how they call that. He breezed the four furlongs in. Um, and it was a fast track. It was the fast main track. It was early in the morning at six, 6 AM. Uh, he hit the fractions at 12, 20, uh, 24, 20 and 36, 20, which is really good on the gallop out. Uh, he f- finished the final five, five furlongs total in a minute and one and change. So, that's a pretty good spot, pretty good move for him. And as we talked to Kenny McPeak, they all like to to work their house their horses at different times, but they'll both most of them will be done by next Saturday Sunday. They'll they'll have their final workouts in them or their blowouts and breezes. But when I was on the the backside, I also got a chance to talk to uh, Chad Brown, who is going to be my uh, he's my Derby horse trainer on Normandy Invasion, uh, and I ran into him on the backside the other day, and uh, this is what he had to say. We are. Yep. Your impressions of the work? What do you think? I'm very happy with the work. You know, I wanted him to go in right around 48, and my rider did a good job. Uh, broke off a little quick, but he, he got him to settle down, and he galloped out great. He came back with a tremendous amount of energy. It was nothing from him. Just maintenance at this point. You know, my feeling is my horse is, uh, he's had two races this year, and uh, his last race was very good, and, and he's as fit as he's going to be. So I'm just trying to keep him right where he's at. Yeah, yeah, get him set on the track. and had a nice week of galloping over here. I was real happy the way he's moving on it. First work was good. And uh, I'm not trying to, like I said, I'm not trying to get him fitter than he already is. Just want to maintain where he's at, keep him sound and happy, and, and maintain his fitness level. And today was uh, part of that plan. He seems to have a style which benefits this kind of race, talking style, from behind. You talk about his development and that style. Yeah, he, um, he does have a nice style. In his last race, he, he showed a new dimension. He can lay a little closer if the pace is slow. And um, the horse has been acting sharper. Um, as the year has gone on, and as you can see, he broke off in the work right there in the bridle, maybe even a touch quick. And uh, I think that's a sign that he can he can leave out of there now and, and put himself where uh, where he wants to be. What was your reason for coming in so early? Um, you know, I spent, spent a little time at Churchill when I worked for uh, Franco, and, and observing other trainers have had a lot of success at Churchill, both in the Derby and just winning races at Churchill. Just really watching, figuring out. What, what works best at this track. I just felt uh, better to give them as much time over this track as I can and just trying to give the horse every chance I can to be successful. Uh, 
Again, that was Chad Brown talking about Normandy Invasion and how he took to the track on Sunday morning when his had his workouts. Uh, uh, this horse is the horse I like, DJ Yates. Uh, you can you can put a circle around it and take it to the bank, which you can never do at the Kentucky Derby because that would be a moron's move. But uh, I love this horse. I think he's going to come from off the pace. Um, it, it, this is I, one of the main reasons I went out there on Sunday was to see his workout, and he just gets across the. You know, some of them just get across the ground easier than others, and he's just a smooth. His action is very smooth. This is um, this horse is, is is my pick. So uh, Chad Brown seems to be happy with him, and he again reiterated what a lot of the other trainers have reiterated. Once you're there and at the barn, and you have a Derby entry, it's not about really getting them fit. It's about keeping them from getting hurt and getting them the last level of fit. Uh, it just sort of giving them some some freshening up. So, um, but we're gonna have. There's a whole week of workouts coming up in the morning on the backside. I'm going to be out there all week, so I'm going to be uh, on Friday and and Monday. I'll have I'll have two two different looks at it. Monday will probably be my last uh, official look at the Derby because Friday after that, I'm not sure that I'm actually going to be doing the show on that day because that'll be Oaks. I'm going to be out there. I'm not sure what capacity, but uh, I wanted to mention to everybody we did see Todd Pletcher's horses running in uh, his Derby ca- candidates. All four of them worked out. Um, and I also have got an update that uh, charm, both Charming Kitten for the Ramses and also uh, Winning Cause, who won the Lexington Stakes at Keeneland on t- on Saturday, uh, they're both going to be uh, they're both going to be running in the Derby. They're, they both have a spot, and both the owners said go. So Pletcher has potentially, if they all get or if they all stay healthy, Pletcher has the potential to have six Derby horses in a twenty horse field. This is unheard of. This is unheard of in horse racing. So, again, Kenny McPeak said that he's going to be taking pure fun. The filly that ran uh, against the boys on Saturday didn't uh, run real well, but he you know, was still happy with what he saw because he said that she needed the race. So that was a good thing. Um, so we're going to we'll see what happens with that. We're going to have all week I'll be sending updates out on Facebook and Twitter. You can find this show, uh, The Big Nasty Show, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Google+. And uh, on 1450 The Sports Buzz uh, and 1450thesportsbuzz.com. We've got all the show lineups done now on the, the lineup page, so you can log in there and find out what what this whole station offers you in terms of programming from Monday to Sunday every week. There's all sorts of delicious scheduled programming on here. One of those programs is coming up right after me here uh, is the Afternoon Drive with, with Trevor, Bacon, Kelsey, and uh, Perrin Johnson, which will be starting here in just a few minutes as I wrap things up. I want to remember, remind you that uh, give your thoughts and prayers still to Boston and the people that we lost in the equation because that was a horrible situation. Always have your little hooligans spayed and neutered, both animals and pets. Uh, if you're in your car, turn into 1450. Tune in, 1450 in Kentuckiana. And uh, if you want to get on your far- smartphone or computers, check out the sports app. It's 1450thesportsbuzz.com. I want you to have a great week. Thanks again to Kenny McPeak for joining me and talking about his app and all things Derby. Uh, thanks again for Nick Swartz from Rant Sports and Hub Sports up in uh, New York, Long Island area, and Philadelphia for calling in. Remember, we're on Mondays and Fridays from 1 to 3 right here on The Big Nasty Show on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450thesportsbuzz.com. Enjoy your week. Rap orgies with Borgy and Bess. Capture your bounty like Elliot Ness. Yes. Bless you if you represent the fool. But I hex you with some witches' brew if you do. Voodoo. I could do what you do. Easy.